can't separate from the state. They won't let us be our own IT department as far as, you know, uh, I don't know how it works. Well, my point still It's stands. messy. Right. You don't hold public office, but you work in an office. Yes. That works for the state. Yeah. So that's, no, I, I wasn't talking about you. No, I, I, I was talking about I, the weasel and the, <laughs> was he the governor? Humphreys? We aren't, we, we aren't super weasley because we're at least self-funded. Humphreys Cuthbert. <laughs> at least you're what? Thanks to Greg. Self-funded at gunpoint. That's right. <laughs> you have, you have to, to buy our policy. It's not really a volunteer if you end the sentence with, or else. <laughs> right. Yeah. You have no other choice but to buy from us. Right. Okay. Well. So Greg's going with the story. Yeah. What, I'll do the intro. Like okay. right, right now. Ready? Welcome to Stories for Glory podcast. This evening we're talking about the 1963 film McClintock, and we're going to be looking for the glory of God in this story of man. So Greg, what is the movie McClintock? Tell us what the story is. The story. McClintock. <clears throat> McClintock. Oh yeah, it depends where you're from. Mr. McClinic. McClinic? Yep. Uh, he's, uh, he's a guy... Who apparently lost his wife. She left him. Oh. Well, you said lost, like yeah. he's a widower. Well, she left him... Uh, two years? Yeah, two years. So he lost her in that way. And uh, he drowns his sorrows with alcohol. <laughs> That's true. But he's a very successful mining, timber, cattle, magnet... Somewhere, uh, landowner. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, it's on the, the. Um, oh my goodness! So I think it's out of Colorado. Oh okay. I think I don't know. Then in, in most, uh, as in most John Wayne roles, he's uh, the man's man. Um, everyone respects him except his wife. Um, and it's a, it's a, yeah, it's. A, a loose rendition of the Taming of the Shrew. By Bill. Out west. By Bill Shakespeare. Yeah. Where his uh, wife is incorrigible. Then she comes back because her daughter's coming back and she doesn't want their daughter to be raised in this awful, godforsaken place. So she's going to take the daughter back east where she is in the high society. And... Uh, Kind of that's the conflict in the movie, was how he's going to get his wife to submit and come back and live happily ever after. So what you're trying to say is that it's a custody battle set out west. <laughs> I, I think she was the daughter was just a pawn. I think uh, Katie, Catherine, the wife, Maureen O'Hara, who had took off because she thought... Poor G.W. McClintock had been cheating on her, which I I read it as he never did. He never so, defended the accusation. Well, he was busy. He had a lot of work to do. Destroying a town? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seemed like he was pretty well known with the hookers. Yeah, he spent a lot of time there, but I didn't get the... Well, we call them women of leisure. <laughs> oh, sorry. What? Trollops. <laughs> Trollops is in the movie. But I, I, well, just myself watching it, I got the impression he he remained faithful. He didn't frequent the women. I mean, he did have, he did like his drink. Right. But, uh, yeah. That was I'm with my you. Impression. I think, I don't know that, I don't think he was unfaithful. Yeah. 
He, that's, he it's ambiguous. It's ambiguous. I'll take the opposite position. One against two. <laughs> right. He could have been I, I out think, on a night in the town. With you, the how do you get lipstick on your he collar? He's playing chess. Give me one scenario where you get a woman's lipstick on your collar. He's that playing, is not illicit. He's playing chess, and then one of those trollops walks up behind him and plants her lips on his collar, and he's right. saying, Go away. Go so away. why wouldn't he just say so? Why does his wife immediately leap to the conclusion that he was unfaithful? Maybe he's Maybe like, he'd done it before. Maybe, but a lot of that is we don't know. I know. That's why I'm saying in the movie it doesn't say right. one way or the other. I mean, there's probably, unless, we, unless I missed it. Maybe it's just implied with his character, too, though. It doesn't seem like he's necessarily a overly uh, respectable husband. Yeah, it'd be we, way we out of that. character right. for a drunk to cheat on his wife. That never happens. <laughs> Right. So but, saying that she could, I mean, just ne- neglect or something. You know, if he's if he's got a, a mining operation, he's got a ranching operation, he's the largest landowner. I mean, what was it? 20,000, 60,000? I can't remember how many acres. Well, she actually said the reason why she left was because he came home from, was it St. Louis or something like that? With lipstick on his collar. Yeah. Right. So it's not, she wasn't, she didn't leave him for two years and want him divorced because he was neglecting her. Right. Because he even says at one point, you know, your mother and I came into this country with nothing, and mm-hmm. I gave her everything. You know, he worked and he slaved to provide for her, to glorify and beautify and take care of her. Mm-hmm. And he met her because she came into town with that daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget, but it sounded like he had met her after she came into town with that daughter. Right. So he had married her, and it, sound, it seemed like she... Came out of bad circumstances. Was she one of those women of leisure? Oh, that could be. Beforehand? And that's why she hates that. so or Hates that life? Yeah. But, but he also, when he was talking to his daughter, and his daughter started ragging on her mother, Kate, he quickly jumps up to defend her and says, you weren't there when right. we were fighting off Indians and points out all the great things she did. So clearly they established a life together right i kind of read it that she um had a a longing for the the elite society the high life and wanted to live in high culture Mm -hmm. and she got a taste of it yeah she didn't want to leave it yeah and maybe her accusing him of being unfaithful was her out oh good now i can leave because he was unfaithful yeah. Maybe. Or maybe Didn't, he was unfaithful. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I yeah. suppose. Well, both of those scenarios are not unlikely in the world in which we live in. Sure. Where the woman, where a, a drunk husband actually cheats on his wife. Or a woman manipulates circumstances to get what she wants. Mm-hmm. Both of those are highly plausible. Yeah. So. Messy. Both of those are very messy. Yeah. Well, we weren't, that's not, we're supposed to be talking about the glory. Well, no, the glory I, was, is, I was just telling the story. Oh, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> and we leaped said, into right. The glory is that they're restored at the end. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The marriage is restored. That is a... I think that was a a good thing. A, a thumbs up ending. A thumbs mm-hmm. up, right. Except the hat on the weather vane, which implied he was drunk again. But Maybe he was drunk on her love. Drunk on love, like Proverbs says. But, yeah. Intox- he's intoxicating yep. himself on her. Right. Yeah. I think that's what it meant. I agree. <laughs> <clears throat> well, let's talk about some of the glory. Uh, the, I've got a list of things that I actually liked about the movie. So, okay. the listener who requested this movie 
I hope you're satisfied and excited about what we liked about it. <laughs> this was a this was one of our listeners' requests. So if you send in your requests, we will get to them. And this is one of them from 1963. Is that 39 years ago? This movie. 1963. No. I'm 53, and I, I was born. I think in it's longer than that. So. Oh, I can't do math. Like 59. 59. Oh, almost 60 years. Yeah, it's a long time. It is. All right. Some of the glory. I'll start. I really like the the beginning of the movie. Mm. You got enough there. <laughs> it's tea. <laughs> that mm. is not tea. Mm, lemon ginger. I really like the beginning of the movie when. Uh, GW comes out of his house and his hat's up on the weather vane mm-hmm. and there's all these boys in the wagon mm-hmm. and they're wondering who's going to get to it and uh, what's his name? The butler guy. Okay. Drago? Drago. Drago. Yeah, the dragon. Yeah. Drago. Mm. And uh, he pulls out his pistol and just fires off a shot <laughs> like, and nobody cares. Mm-hmm. If I were to go outside right now and fire off a shot to start a race like everyone in my neighborhood would call the cops. Yep. Even if I did it in a safe direction, and mm-hmm. you know, so I really appreciated that, just that kind of liberty, and people were more trusting of perhaps one another back then. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was a gunshot, and automatically we assume today something bad happened. Mm-hmm. But back then he just fires off around because there's six boys who want to race, mm. and then the boys race on like a two-story building, mm. you know, with OSHA would have a fit. Mm-hmm. These boys, these boys are just running up to the top to get a hat, and and everyone's happy. <laughs> and a lot of mothers and fathers would have a fit too. Get oh, down, to, get oh like today. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. they would. Yeah, but that freedom, risk taking, mm-hmm. which is risk taking. We should probably have an episode about risk taking, which goes back. To, did we do 1917? Did that come out yet? It's no, not, it's not, not come out yet. Yeah. But risk taking is it one of the defining characteristics of manhood. Mm-hmm. And you need to allow, particularly boys, uh, enable them and encourage them to take certain kinds of risks. Right. I mean, not to be dumb, of course, but climbing up a lattice work to go get a cowboy hat, have at it. Yeah. You know, yeah. you might get a broken arm, but we can fix it. Productive right. risks. Yeah. So I like that aspect of the, of the, the risk taking. And that was just right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's a lot of risk taking place throughout the film. When you think of the settlers coming in, and Wizzy talks to GW talks to some of the settlers. What'd you come with? Nothing. You know, like they just came with a wagon and their family, and that is a huge risk mm-hmm. to think of. I mean, when we pack up and we move, we have to get the biggest U-Haul <laughs> with, with all of our belongings, and we're towing a car. You know. We, we don't leave anything behind. But back then, people would take risks. Oh, yeah. By starting new livelihoods. Mm-hmm. So. In the Mesa Verde, that's what it was. Oh. 6,000 oh, yeah. feet. You can't, you can't grow things at 6,000 feet. And that's Which he tells them that, too. Well, there's a yeah. national park down there called Mesa Verde. Oh, I'm okay. assuming in the 6,000 uh-huh. feet, I don't know if there's anything. They should have called Texas it McClint- or McClintic or Park. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Big Bend. Yeah, there you go. So, what else did yeah. you see? I mean, I think. McClintock was a hardworking man. I think oh, work yeah. ethic, you know, it's a, That's a, another big a strong theme there. And cultivating, right? I mean, he kind of was fulfilling his, the creation mandate to go and subdue the earth and, you know, mm-hmm. make it beautiful. And so you could see when you do that in the high desert, that's a pretty impressive feat. Yeah. You know, so I think what he was able to accomplish as a rancher, 
you know, is is commendable. Mm-hmm. Which we know it's a movie, but real men have done that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah guys like G.W. McClintock are historic. Right. Yeah. And, and it, w- talking about open range from last week, who's the bad guy, the bad rancher, Baxter? Baxter Dent. Right. Yeah. He didn't seem like a Baxter. You know, he no. wasn't like a wicked man. I mean, I technically didn't want the ranchers on there, but I think he didn't want the ranchers on there for their own good. Right. Saying, you can't grow anything up here. Mm-hmm. You don't want the farmers. Take your 160 acres right. or your farmers, you know, go mm-hmm. get, you know, the U.S. government's stupid for handing out free land mm-hmm. to farmers. When, he's trying to save them. Yeah, he's trying to save them a lot of heartache. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I think there was some, some themes of that going on there that could mm-hmm. be overlooked if, you know. Yep. I thought the, the brawling, the fist fighting, which shows up in a lot of John Wayne movies, but you see that in, uh, well, this was the 60s, even into the 70s on TV shows, mm-hmm. and then it starts to fade out, and now you don't see much of that. I mean, you see, now it's mostly people murdering other people yeah, with gun guns. Fights, yeah. Right. But in, in the clinic, like we were talking before, you had mentioned the, the brawl in the mud pit. Which was pointless. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, we mentioned the brawl in the mud pit, which was pointless. Yes. Well, the solution <laughs> to the situation was solved, and then they started fighting. And you're like, usually you fight before the solution in a, in a story. Yeah. <laughs> Right. You had mentioned the fight, the fight between Dev and that other guy over a girl. Right? Yeah, they were fighting over a girl. Yeah, they went went about out behind the house and yeah, just so, duped because, it out. Uh, well, Dev, Devlin, he says, uh, I was raised not to fight in front of women or something like that. Mm-hmm. They, he leads them behind the house. So even that kind of an aspect, mm-hmm. if fighting is going to take place, it ought to be done uh, off scene. Mm-hmm. Because uh, fighting is something that's not to be done in polite company. Right. So we're going to take this outdoors. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that kind of thing. And fighting in that way is really frowned on nowadays. Oh, yeah, you get arrested. Yeah. Yeah, you go to jail. And the Bible says you mustn't be a brawler. But I think there's a difference between just somebody who's a brawler and someone like in that situation, like the old duel. Right. You know, this is better than a duel where you well, it's get better out than pistols. a gang war, too. Yeah. Right. Just work it out, and in the end, and the winner the, wins. The guys respected each other. Right. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that anymore. No, no brawling. And I don't know what the product is now, other than people just shooting people dead. Right. But, right. Well, I, I, go ahead. Well, defenseless people getting knocked out. You know, I remember living oh, in Kansas yeah. City for a while. There, it was just this thing that for like kids that just go Knock punch people elderly out. people. Yeah, I remember that too. And catch yeah. on video. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, there's senseless violence. There is senseless violence. But there's, so there is a sense. Was it Teddy Roosevelt? You guys remember that story? Oh, yeah. When he was a Sunday school teacher? And there was a little boy who came to his class with like a black eye or a bloody nose or something. Yeah. And he said, How, what happened? And before church, before Sunday school, I, correct me if I'm wrong on the story, but I think the details were like this little boy's sister was getting picked on by another boy. Mm-hmm. And he stood up to defend his sister and got in a fight. Mm-hmm. Right, and so he, he got a black eye from it, but he defended his sister. I think it was Teddy, right? Yeah, it was Teddy. Yeah. And he gave his boy a dollar, mm-hmm. and then the church asked him not to teach Sunday school anymore. <laughs> so obviously, it's been happening for a while. That's pretty sad. Well, you, yeah, I've, even at our in our circles, one of my daughters is being picked on, and my oldest is a boy. And I said, "Well, go do something about it." 
<laughs> was that my boy? <laughs> no, it was oh, not yeah. your boy. No, but I told him to go do something about it. You know, you, because that's that risk taking. Mm-hmm. You might lose, sure, but at least you're doing something about it. Yeah, you're not only allowing an innocent person to be bullied around by a tyrant. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. and that's the kind of uh, risk, and what do we call it? A defense mechanism given into the heart of a young boy, mm-hmm. so that when he is an adult. And he sees, say, a shooting in a grocery store. He's the one moving in action to stop it, mm-hmm. rather than running away. And it, trying to inculcate that into kids, you defend people. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's a difference between a, being a brawler and a defender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this movie, at least Devlin, he was a defender. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And the other guy, when he kicked his butt, when Devlin kicked his butt, he took it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd never been whipped by a farmer before, you know, and he's wiping <laughs> the blood off his nose. You know, it's great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think I was talking with somebody at church this past Sunday about uh, Clint Eastwood movies. And, uh, and I asked him, why do, we, why do we like Clint Eastwood? Why do we like that man in the Western? And I think he, he had said that I think all of us men long for that, to be able to fulfill that role of being a protector um, and kind of whatever, the hero. But uh, I think what wipes that out, like in the case of your son, we always just defer to a higher government. Oh, someone else will do it. Yes. And I think the more bloated and distant our government gets the more um, the men of households become eunuchs Mm -hmm. because there's somebody else always protecting the home. Or if you're protecting your home and you don't do it right, I Mm -hmm. mean, you could be thrown in prison, Mm -hmm. not the person coming in. Yeah, well, yeah. In our our day right now, there's a fear of Mm self-defense. You'll go to jail Mm -hmm. in in certain places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's true. Yeah. And it seems like young men are now finding that role or that, that fulfillment in video games. And, right, you know, yeah. there's things we'll play that, Call of Duty instead. Right. I'll defend in this video game mm-hmm. the weak, the helpless, the innocent. I think there's, you guys have seen online or in books, you know, a, re- a recent really strong push of you know, like red pill masculinity, patriarchy, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that comes about because of the feminization of culture mm-hmm. where the, the thing to be is feminine. So if there's an aspect of masculinity, it's called toxic. Mm-hmm. And so for a boy in our culture to get a girl, say you're, t- you're 18, you know, like the, I remember growing up, well, you just need to understand and get in touch with your emotions. So a girl can under, you know, be comfortable around you. Mm-hmm. You need to become feminine so that the female will, mm-hmm. will desire you. Mm-hmm. And movies like this are teaching the opposite. Mm-hmm. Feminine desire of the masculine. Mm-hmm. And that's something that needs to be recovered. Right. Yeah. So, because I, I remember telling my son, oh, someone's picking on your sister, go deal with it. And someone in the church, a female, said, ah, oh, you can't say that. And I said, yes, I can. <laughs> right? He, you need, that's what he needs to do. He needs yeah. to be a defender, a masculine defender Mm -hmm. and the feminization of 
it, the feminization of culture is not the reality in which we live. It's a perversion of it. Mm-hmm. We live in God's world, mm-hmm. where he made man and woman. Mm-hmm. And if everything becomes womanized, then men cannot function. And a lot of, maybe I shouldn't say a lot of, but this happens, I think, a lot in homeschool settings where mom is just a mom is raising all of the kids. There's an expectation of the boys not to be boys. But that needs to be something. Gar- maybe they should watch portions of McClintock. Because we fired all the... Teddy Roosevelt Sunday School teachers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the C.S. Lewis line of castrating? Yeah, we were men without chess. We've been castrated yeah. and left. We've been made geldings, and they okay. bid us to be fruitful. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. I wasn't sure of the terminology whether you can castrate a gelding or if the gelding. You're castrated, and that turns you into a gelding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> castrated our studs and made them into geldings. <laughs> but I thought, yeah, I think that's. A combination of a lot of things, but I think the the bigger and more intrusive government gets, because I, you, when you look at like Mexico, what do we call big government? The nanny, nanny state. state. Again, mm-hmm. feminine, feminizing yeah. culture. But yeah, continue. Right. You're looking at Mexico. Yeah, you look at Mexico and you th- you say, why hasn't Mexico, Central America, why hasn't Latin America progressed? They have all kinds of natural resources. You should ask your son. <laughs> no, no, no. Alan, if you're listening, you can get that joke. Inside joke. Yeah, inside joke. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, but, why haven't uh, they progressed? Right. Continue. But, Sorry, Greg. We've interrupted you no, twice. No. I get it now. I think I heard about that. Why haven't they progressed in their state? So keep going. <laughs> uh, I forgot my point, but I'm going to pursue Sorry. the... No. That's, yeah, I feel no. No. Uh, why hasn't Latin America progressed is because the Catholic Church is there, mm. and the father, the priest in the Catholic Church, replaced the husband of the home. There's no growing up. Right. There's and no maturation. So the husband of the home is like, well, what, what good am I? And in the same way, I guess that's my point, with the, the, over our, the nanny state of the government here, the men of the homes are like, well, there's nothing left for me to do. Yeah, it produces fatherlessness. Yeah. There's no reason. Actually, well, actually, our government benefits single moms. If you're a single right. mom, you get more benefits. Right. Mm-hmm. If you get married, you lose them all. Mm-hmm. So it's to their prosperity if they do not get married. Yep. And it just cuts husbands out. Yep. And so that's the appeal of movies like this or right. Clint Eastwood movies. It's like, that's, I know inside that's what I want to do. Right. But there's never any opportunity for it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this movie, McClintock, is everything our current liberal culture hates. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. This this movie I'm surprised hasn't been like tweeted mm-hmm. about and banned. Mm-hmm. Right. It was on, I watched it I watched it on YouTube. <laughs> I know, it's on YouTube for free. It's like does YouTube know that this is on YouTube? <laughs> yeah, for free? Are they really? yeah. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's right. Don't yeah. tell them. It's steeped in toxic masculinity. <laughs> it is. <clears throat> And the, you were going to say something. You had a list, the list of things. I do have a list. You better get going on it. Oh, no, we're, we're doing great. We're moving right down the list. Oh. Oh, the, the, the uh, we talked about this before, too, the, when Dev goes and asks McClinock for a job, mm. that whole, that whole scene, and he says, no, I'm not hiring. And then he asks him again, you know, nope, nope. And then he finally says, hey, look. 
I need a job because my dad died a few months ago, and I'm right. taking care of the family. My wife and my my sister. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he said, okay, you're hired. All right. Just that quick. Yep. Right. And then, then the line about, and I'm going to, Jonah, you're better at this. I'm going to butcher no, the I don't, line. But, I don't know. Oh. But about, uh, <laughs> uh, well, thanks for giving me a job. And he says, giving, I don't give you a job. Yeah, I hire men. Yeah. Yeah. You have yeah. A, did you write it down? I did. Yeah. Oh, and Dev says, I never begged before. Turned my stomach. Oh, after he threw a punch at McClinic. He oh, was upset. Uh, so my wife was sitting next to me during that scene. And she turned over to me. Why would he try to punch him? <laughs> right. And I'm like, well... Because he's a man. Yeah. And he just did something that a man ought not to do. Yeah. Obviously just a day or two with McClinock and you become a professional fighter. (laughs) Apparently. Because he went from missing and hitting his horse. Well, he said when he was at school, he was in boxing, so. He said, I I suppose I should have been grateful you gave me the job. Gave? Boy, you got it all wrong. I don't give jobs. I hire men. You intend to give this man a full day's work, don't you, boy? One guy says. You mean you're still hiring me, Mr. McClinic? Well, yes, sir. I mean, I'll certainly deliver a fair day's work. And then McClinic says, for that, I'll pay you a fair day's wage. You won't give me anything, and I won't give you anything, and we'll both hold up our heads. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think in this age of entitlement. Yeah, no handouts. If there's nothing to, nothing to fight, everyone feels entitled. It's like, hey, I deserve the com- comfy life, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that scene too. Yeah, that was a good one. The the punch was awkward. Yeah, I think it was meant to be though. But yeah, well, the, yeah, it's a movie. He went right into that horse. That's great. <laughs> I was surprised at how strong John Wayne is. He threw that guy like fifteen feet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty impressive. I mean, I mean, you're bigger than me, but I don't think you could throw me that far. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> we should try. I'll take a swing at you. You throw me. Right in front of our wives. <laughs> I did like a lot of those scenes with him and other men. I thought those were you know, pretty much spot on and well done. It was the scenes with him and his wife that I didn't particularly care for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're supposed to be unsavory. Yeah. But you didn't care for them. Why? Are we, do we well, want to go there? Is there more the, glory? Rather than about? being unsavory, they were humorous. You know, they were making light of... I think that was the part about the just the declining marriage that it was just it was more of a humorous thing that mm-hmm. was a cultural thing in the 60s I don't know like but just and I, I know that was even further back but obviously with it being created in the 60s yeah it just seemed like they were trying to make light of a lot of things that you shouldn't make light that of that are pretty terrible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah was there is there more of the yeah glory you want to talk about before we move on to some of the things we didn't necessarily think were good I, th- I mean I thought there was you know it, it it was at times maybe not healthy patriarchy, but it was there. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, <clears throat> he was, you know, one of the men at the gates of the city. I mean, he was well-respected. He would have been one that was sought after for lots of counsel. But his wife was, didn't praise him in the gates. His wife did not praise him in the gates, so that might have disqualified him. I don't know. But, like, <clears throat> there was just, I mean, for a movie, you know, when we, we talk about what we watch, especially what's coming out of Hollywood these days, like, it's mm-hmm. just, again... Not all of it was healthy or right, but there was that element of it that was good. You know, I mm-hmm. think it could have been taken to an extreme. But yeah, yeah. Some of the glory. Well, 
it depends how you interpret the story of the movie. I thought it was good that he remained faithful even though she left him. Because there's really no one, even when he brought in the attractive cook, like Dev's mom, Mrs. Warren, to be the to be the cook. Except he forces her to drink. Four. <laughs> he didn't hold her down and pour whiskey down her throat. Pretty much. <laughs> no. But he it's was. It's like a David and Bathsheba thing. I'm the king. Oh no. You're my employee now. I didn't drink. I didn't read it that drink. way. <laughs> but anyhow, he didn't take advantage of her and to me there was no indication that he was unfaithful even though his wife had left and she was being a shrew mm. so I agree I think we've squeezed all the glory out of it well I'm sure there's more well you got a list of it what's something else well well some of the things I want to talk about were the things that I thought the movie did wrong well, okay so which could bring about different discussions of what we should do right. But but is there more you wanted to say before we move on? I don't think I'm anxious to hear your... Well, I said I, I liked how as GW, McClintock, led other men. Like he was a good example of that alpha male, like the good kind. He was dominating and leading in the right way when it came to other people. He wasn't a tyrant. Mm-hmm. He was always fair. Mm-hmm. He was gracious, even with the Comanches who right. shot him. Right? They wanted to kill him. Uh, they make reparations, and he helps them as much as he can with mm-hmm. the government. Like he's he's being fair with everybody. Mm-hmm. But I said the thing I didn't like was his relationship to his wife and how that was portrayed. Uh, but this, I guess, would bring up the discussion: Do women want to be dominated or led? And this movie, I think, portrays. The desirable aspect of masculinity to dominate their life rather than leading them and I don't think that's right in what way there's the scene when Catherine gets to town and she's in the hotel and they have it out have a nice row and argue and he's getting ready to leave because the, the discussion's going nowhere and she says I hate you does it twice with venom mm-hmm. and he turns around and just starts kissing her like she she hasn't seen you in two years. She brings you divorce papers again. You argue. You're drunk because he's been drinking again. And then she says, I hate you. I hate you. And the first thing you decide to do is start making out with her. <laughs> Which I don't think that was necessarily the right move by a husband. So what do you think he should have done? Refused the drink and said, why did you leave two years ago? Oh, because you came home with lipstick on your collar. Well, that's because I was playing cards at a hotel, and one of those leisurely women came up next to me to give me a kiss, and I said, hey, I'm married. And she walked away, and I came home faithful. Mm -hmm. Done. Yeah, that is a plot hole. Why didn't he resolve this? Right, he doesn't (laughs) resolve it. So he, I see him, like I said, in relation to all the other men in town, he's great. But in relation to his own home, he's very passive. Yeah. He's a, pass- he's a passive male. She's an abusive wife. And the whole thing's just pathetic. Yeah. It's like, that's not the kind of husband you want to be. That's not the kind of wife you want to be. And it's great that they end up restored at the end. But throughout the whole... And the thing that fixes it is a spanking. You didn't even talk about it. She accused you of being unfaithful and you spanked her. Like, but... Uh, 
I don't I don't think that's right. That's not because well, in every woman's heart, she really just wants to be dominated. No, I don't think so. No. She wants to be led. Yeah. There's a difference there. So I, I just didn't like that. Is and I think that's the that might be a difference of like G.W. McClintock is an American man. Hmm. And we should be chasing after Christian men. Right? If you're an American cowboy and there is no God over you, there you go. That's what you do. But if you're a Christian man, how do you relate to a wife like that? Hmm. How do you relate to the shrew? And I don't think he did a very good job. So, like if you have to chase around your wife through town in her underwear and she's <laughs> jumping through plate glass windows... You're not doing it right, bro. <laughs> well, apparently he did because they lived happily ever after. Well, that's the thing where I think the story's telling a lie. <laughs> yeah. So in the so in his manhood, all of the other he's disqualified because the the place where it matters the most. He's it matters the most right yeah. there, right? Because he even says that. to his daughter when they're out, he's shooting pheasants, and uh, he's t- that's when he doesn't. He doesn't want to give her all the inheritance. Mm-hmm. I'm only giving you a little itty bitty bit. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Because a man and a woman growing together is worth more than gold." Mm-hmm. And I thought, "But you're not. Mm. You they, let her. You let her run away for two years." But they did grow together. That was <laughs> that was the rest of his story with. This but his daughter. daughter could have turned and said, "You hypocrite." Sure. Show me how. Show me what my husband's supposed to act like. Mm-hmm. And he's not. Mm. He was just passive. He's a passive husband. When she runs off, what's he going to do? Go get her. Go get her and bring her back and... Spank her? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it reminded me of like, it's the opposite of the book of Hosea. When your wife runs out, well, it's a little inverted in Hosea because she's actually a hooker. Hosea marries a prostitute and she runs out to be with other men. But God says, go get her because this is what I do for you. Go get her, and what did he do? Bring her back. Clearly he kissed her because she had his child. Well, they did more than kissing, that's for sure. Right. But he brought her back first. And that's what McClintock did. He started kissing all over her. I, well, it was silhouetted behind the <laughs> behind the window screen. We couldn't really tell with his hat up on the wind vane again. 310th no. time that year he was drunk. When he came in the hotel room in the very beginning, he oh. said, oh, all he did was start kissing all over her. Well, that was Hosea move right there. No, it wasn't. I don't think so. Well, I mean, if you think I'm uh, misconstruing his husbandry, then go ahead and say so. But no, I, I really did not like that. Yeah. The aspect of George W. and it didn't change. Right. Right. I don't mind character flaws, but if they're character flaws in the hero, they ought to be overcome by the end of the story. Yeah. And he didn't change at all. Right. That he was, was the same throughout the whole thing. That's a good point. So we, the kids had started watching it with us, and then they had to go to bed, put them in bed. And so they're asking us this morning, did it change at all, Dad? Did it change at all? Nope. And it was like, no, not really. I mean, they were restored in some false way. You know, I mean, but like nothing, nothing, would, nothing maybe was going to change nothing in the was future. Resolved. We don't know if they lived happily ever after because there was no repentance. There was no, you know, and so... But yeah, that was the hard that was the hard part to watch through the whole thing was just that the marriage relationship. That dynamic just was like, oh you know, don't make light of these things. This is a serious matter. You know, and that and you could tell that they were, the director was intentionally trying to make humor of it. Of all sorts of things that maybe just weren't necessarily appropriate, but mm-hmm. 
and I don't know if that's a again I don't know if that's a cultural thing from the 60s I don't know like I think they were just doing the taming of the shrew I don't know I, I haven't, I haven't, I'm not I haven't read that since college so I don't uh, I have to look back what's the taming of the shrew but basically McClintock except Shakespeare except Victorian <laughs> except, oh. except with Bill Shakespeare <laughs> okay but Bill was a good Christian so it's pre- he probably told a better one was he a Presbyterian <laughs> Dutch. I think he was Dutch. He must have been. I think <laughs> William Shakespeare, Von, Von Shakespeare. Von Shakespeare, yeah. He was exactly. Dutch, yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, that's one of the things I didn't like about it. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, do you have any? I mean, I could keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if I, I should. I wasn't that offended by the movie. so. Oh, I wasn't offended by it. I was just kind of let well, down. Well, yeah, sorry. Not offended. I didn't... Uh, Eh, I enjoyed, I mean, I wouldn't watch it again, probably, but it was, I didn't, it was just a, I was along for the ride. Mm. So. Yeah. Well, should we go into our recommendations, <coughs> or uh, ratings and recommendations? Shoot. You haven't thought about this yet, huh? We're going to give it a hat. What? You Am have to I go first, Craig. Yeah, that's right. I'm... Shirking my responsibility when I go. Have some more of that Oban. Last. Let's see. I'm going to give it... Like I said, uh, I didn't think it was that bad. Nobody's saying it's that bad. (laughs) I'm going to give it... uh, Probably three out of five coal coal shovels. Coal shovels. Yeah, but this, there were but there were only two coal shovel spankings, right? You know, well, that, and getting a spanking through those kinds of dresses that one right, really hurt. hurt. <laughs> they were faking it when they were saying it hurt. But. Oh, and trivia, <laughs> trivia, oh, trivia alert! In the movie, John Wayne did spank her that hard; she had bruises for a week. That's awesome. Yeah, really. And, but yeah, I bet they yeah. were both married to other people, so it's kind of awkward. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And did you know? Maureen O'Hara died in like 2015 in Boise, Idaho. We could have went and said hi. Yeah. Didn't know that. Is that, was that? That's Catherine. Catherine. She's in a lot of those old westerns with John. Oh, okay. The Quiet Man. Yeah, which Mm -hmm. is another recommendation. Not a request, Mm -hmm. but a recommendation. He's He's a boxer over in Ireland, right? Something like that. Drunk in that one, too. Yeah. That Mm. seems to be fair game for John Wayne. But he was uber conservative this is, this is before my time are you talking about the quiet man no john wayne in oh. real life oh in real life oh. now that was interesting to me reading the trivia on it him and ronald reagan and one other guy were like really conservative people in hollywood and they were big stars didn't ronald reagan wasn't he the governor of california mm-hmm. who, who signed the legislation to allow abortion yeah yeah, yeah. he's real conservative well he was super yeah. <laughs> So three out of five. <laughs> three that out of sideways. <laughs> coal and what'd you say? Coal. Coal, coal shovels. Okay. You're gonna spank that movie hard. Yeah. Um. I would have to give it probably a C minus. I didn't hate it. I just I like. I, I think I was expecting it. I was expecting more from a John Wayne movie because there are some John Wayne movies that I really like. You know, like True Grit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Would it be this was more of a slapstick comedy than a, right it than a gritty western right and I think there was a part for myself too I just didn't fully understand what 
the story was about. It just didn't seem to... Hold together. Yeah, it, we get that. Okay, so it was about the restoration of a marriage that didn't technically truly happen at the end. But that it was at the theme of the story. So I think there was just some, you know, I just, I think Joel and I both were like, what? What is this about? <laughs> like, what is this about? What's going on? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we, what did you get a C plus you said? I gave a C minus. C minus, sorry. What is this movie called? McClintock. All right, let's look at the synopsis. Wealthy rancher G.W. McClintock uses his power and influence in the territory to keep the peace between farmers, ranchers, land grabbers, Indians, and corrupt government officials. Hmm. That all seemed to be the side story to him and his wife. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That. Well, that I guess that's what that's what like IMDb says. Yeah, just the Internet Movie Database. Huh. Yeah, I guess. Which I think those are viewer yeah. posts. So I don't kind of like Wikipedia. Kind of like Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Yeah, <clears throat> I'll have to write my own in there. You should. I mean, there was a couple times I laughed at it. I thought, I mean, I laughed at how ridiculous it was. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, like the last scene, I was just like, "This is so, this is ridiculous." <laughs> Everyone in town, there's 150 people running around waiting for this woman to get spanked. It's like this is okay. this is nuts. Because <laughs> the entire town knew she deserved it. I suppose so. Yeah, right. So did he, though. So did he. Yeah. It, they, it, it kind of goes both ways. He needed his divine father to swoop in and give him a spanking. Mm-hmm. So he might not have been unfaithful in committing adultery, but he was not faithful in being a good husband. He's, he, John Wayne in that in this movie is an unbending man, and in certain contexts, it's very good. Mm-hmm. But Christians ought to know when to bend in the right direction, and he just doesn't. Anyway, I think I would give it... I'll give it a 6 out of 10. Wasn't my favorite. For all the reasons that I think that we've said already. Um, I just like other westerns better. But if it is a... Well, at least in 1963, a modern retelling of The Taming of the Shrew, maybe I should go back and read that. and Maybe I'd have a different evaluation of it. If that's their intent, right? So if... The writer and the director are intending to retell The Taming of the Shrew in this new context, then maybe I'd appreciate it more. And did you yeah. hear that in some of your, find that in some of your trivia? Mm-hmm. Ah. So the, that was actually, that's a... I don't, like you were saying before with the Coen brothers and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, that was retelling like of purposeful. The right. I don't know if, if this was as purposeful as that. Okay. It might have been kind of a motif We're just for their the, Western taking story. the themes from it. Or yeah, something. yeah, I guess. Gotcha. But we should probably read it anyway. It'd probably be good for us. So, do you guys have recommendations for family watching? Anything you want to add? Good, bad, age-wise. I I would think a family could sit down and watch it. Yeah, you'd have to walk. Like I said, I think with the boys even asking this morning. I mean, both of them asked because. You know, we've watched quite a few John Wayne's with them, and both of them asked, like, did it change? You know, it's like, they both said that, which was weird language. Um, did, mm. Yeah, did the movie change? Mm-hmm. Well, they're expecting a shift. Right. Somebody, ne- somebody needs to change. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would be fine with my kids watching. You just have to, ta- just like with any, any movie, you got to chat about it. Yeah, you got to chat about it. This one, I had caution just on the how the movie portrays drinking. You know, a G.W. McClintock is the hero, and he's quite abusive when it comes to the bottle, and it's 
comedy. Right. You know, falling <laughs> falling down the stairs four times and having different women land in your lap is funny. Well. <laughs> right. No, it isn't. Yeah. Especially when your wife, who's been estranged from you two, for two years, is upstairs waiting for you. Like, no, that's not very funny. You know, or throwing your hat up on the weather vane because you've been drunk 310 times and making it every time. That That's not really something to boast about. So I would, but that gives you opportunities to talk. Right. I mean, John Wayne movies are pretty safe in that regard that, okay, kids, hey, let's talk about what he did there. Mm. You know, it would give you an opportunity to bring that in in a safe way. Right. Because he's not a drunkard who's beating his wife or you don't see him getting drunk and committing adultery. He's being drunk and being stupid, falling downstairs and, mm. you know, being a goof. So it would give you an opportunity to talk about that kind of stuff. But other than that, I thought, yeah, young kids could watch it. You know, if a five-year-old watched it, they probably wouldn't pick up on much of that. Yeah. It's more of the comedy of falling down the stairs. That's the hilarity of it than us mm. as adults going, oh, because he's drunk. Right. Mm. right. He's just falling to them, but to us, yeah. we know mm. what's going on, so... But it does give you, like we've talked about in like, Open Wine, number one, bottle number one, a movie like this gives you opportunities to talk about those things mm-hmm. that happen in real life. Yeah. So, yeah. So those are our recommendations. Anything else you guys want to add? Nope. No, I think I'm all right. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast. Proverbs 25.2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Thank you for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast, where the glory of God is revealed in the stories of man. If you're interested in what we are doing, subscribe and share. If you'd like to contribute with your questions or recommendations, you can email us at storiesforglory at protonmail.com.